Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we are back with more thoughts on Avengers Infinity War, the future of The Walking Dead, and should The Simpsons call it a day after year 30. Don't have a cow, man, as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we are back once again with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today and tuning in each week to our Monday and Friday shows. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He has reappeared. And the rumors that he actually did disintegrate along with half the universe is totally unfounded. But he is the man amid the legend behind Humanic Media. It's Josh Peterson. Plus, he has a guest alongside him. Isn't that correct, my friend? And we're joined here by uh, Big Dog. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Big Dog, indeed. It is a pleasure having you on the broadcast as well. Once again, we're going to be talking a lot of great stuff out there. Obviously, we're going to go into big-time spoilers on Avengers Infinity War. Plus, also as well, Rob McCallum comes back in the Cosmic Crossfire to talk. The Simpsons, do we think it should fold now? Do we think it should just go on to year 30 or more? We're going to share our thoughts on that. Plus, later in the broadcast, Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base, one of the largest Walking Dead fan groups out there, is going to share her thoughts on the future of the Walking Dead First off, Josh, you have rematerialized. Again, the rumors are unfounded that you got zapped out with a trillion other people in Infinity War. So, my friend, it's good to have you back. What are your thoughts on Avengers Infinity War now that you can go ahead and spoil it for everyone out there? That you know, that's already seen, of course. I like it was not what I thought it would be. The the Russos did a great job of kind of redirecting you with the trailers. They, they they distracted you. I know we mentioned this, but they distracted you by putting things in it that weren't real. So now you you kind of got a, a glimpse of what I was talking about the other night with the Hulk in the trailers. And everyone's like, oh, the Hulk's going to put on the Hulkbuster armor. And he did not. And then, well, he kind of did he, he kind of did it i mean as bruce put on the the stuff and like that whole thing when he was fighting the hulk i want to know why that was happening they never really mentioned because he got smashed by thanos and he didn't want to come out so he's having performance anxiety i think so okay well the and then um they did a good job of kind of like closing the 
the arcs on some of the other stories. I've been reading like what happened to Valkyrie and Korg. Right, right. So the everyone's talking about how he's just floating out in space somewhere because only ha- they, they mentioned that only half of the Asgardians died on the Ark. The rest are just kind of floating around because I guess they can survive in space. And then also Xandar, one of the things that was a little bit of an issue with me was the destruction of Xandar. Is is the whole thing done? Is it, like you said, half is destroyed? Because we didn't get to see any of that. It was just mentioned in passing a lot like some of the things that they've done previously in other Marvel films. Thor just mentioned it in passing, just like he did with his relationship with Jane Foster. Yeah, that was weird to me. What did you think of that? Which part? When Thor talks about how Xandar was destroyed, because it seems to well, me... I think it would have been better if he had, if they had said, like, you know, after he decimated the Nova Corps. Because the Nova Corps were the ones that were guarding the stone, not the Xandar Empire or whatever. That's what is. I was saying. Cause it, it, I think they were trying to reference that he, he just decimated the Nova Corps and took the stone. Okay, because it seems to me that if he were to show up on that planet that they would put up a pretty epic fight and that would be something that would be worth showing audiences i I think so too but do you think that they're going to want to save that for the next guardians movie that they're going to reference it or do flashbacks i wonder because also there was talk about nova appearing at some point too and adam warlock as well adam warlock don't you think this could be a good introduction to uh nova you know they decimated the nova core so i have to come up with something new no, I mean o- overall, like the movie was good. I liked the the pairings. What did what did Gerald? What did you think of the the pairings of characters? What was your thoughts on that? I thought the best pairing was Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. The way they played off of each other initially, and actually throughout the movie, up until the end, where it becomes a full one eighty, where they finally respect each other enough to the point where Doctor Strange sacrifices the stone to save Tony Stark. And not only just to save Tony Stark, but just because that was the only possible outcome in Doctor Strange's mind about what could happen. Okay, that's what I wanted to ask you, too. He had a plan, obviously, but what do you think that plan entails? Well, obviously that entails somehow them garnering either the stone to go back in time, or if if everybody's trapped in the soul stone, then maybe going ahead and trying to see what they can do to release those souls back out of the soul stone or somehow going ahead and finding Thanos once again and trying to see what they can do to lay a better plan out this time than what they have done before. Just don't have the guardians of the galaxy do it. Right. Well, I mean, there's only one of them left, so it's not the guardian of the galaxy, I guess. No, but it seems to me that there's, I don't know, something exciting needs to happen because Thanos, he's no longer on the prowl. Okay, he he accomplished what he meant to what he set out to accomplish. His dudes are dead, but he's he's just relaxing in that his his lakeside cottage or whatever that is. He's not prowling across the galaxy. Somebody knows where he is. It seems like it'd be a kind of a boring story to have them all just like show up on his doorstep and go, "Oh, guess what? We're here. Let's uh turn the time back and we'll we'll take care of all this stuff." So I, I want to know like what's going to happen. How is Captain Marvel going to tie into all of this? Yeah, exactly. But there's another question I want to ask Big Dog. What do you think about all the Phase 1 Avengers? Presumably Hawkeye is alive and well. Also, what are your thoughts on the Phase 1 Avengers actually being alive and well and maybe disproportionately alive compared to some of the newer, more recent ones? Like, for instance, Black Panther and Spider-Man both getting materialized at the same point in time. 
I think that they're trying that they had to do that because they're going to close out those stories soon and within the next movie. And so they wanted to feature them heavily. So I think that they're going to try to close out their stories. Possibly. I don't know if they're going to, the actors are going to walk away from the characters or, or what they're going to do, but I think that they had to, so that they would feature heavily in the next film, which is the final Avengers film. Yeah. Well, I mean, Avengers four, of right? This story, arc. Of this story arc. Yeah. But like the, the newer characters, why do you think they, they did that with like Spider-Man, Dr. Strange? Just cause I think that they weren't as, I don't know what I don't want to say as beloved as the originals, but kind of towards that point. Or, or that or the, that or they were the fresher faces so you feel more of a loss because you just got introduced to those characters not that, too long ago that because that kind of seems like that's why they did that with black panther though because he's so loved and like what better way to shock the audience than to just destroy black panther well black panther the ent- almost the entire guardians of the galaxy a bunch of smaller minor characters not minor but you know what i mean not main to the story right but you still have you know iron man cap thor did the Hulk survive? Did yeah, he did, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, so pretty much everybody, even I think Scarlett Johansson, she lived. Yeah, she did, and I mean, as far as we know, Hawkeye and Ant Man are still around. I'm curious to see if Hawkeye pops up in Ant Man Wasp at some point in time. I'm, in in the credits, I guarantee you he will. But okay, Gerald, let me ask you this. Well, I will. I will say this. I think that in the one of the last scenes of Ant Man and the Wasp, I'm going to say it now. You're in one of the end credit scenes. I think Ant Man's going to get materialized, and the Wasp is the one that's going to be the the one that gets saved. Oh, uh, that's a good theory. Evangeline Lilly has said that she is in Avengers Four. Cool. All right. All right. All right. I can see that. Okay. Let me ask you this. Okay, I have this theory going on that they're not dead. They're dead in this world, but. What if they pop up on an alternate timeline and then Captain Marvel is the only one that can go to that timeline? Well, that would probably cement her role as one of the foundation characters in the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I definitely think they're trying to accomplish with that, along with Doctor Strange and Black Panther. Yeah, exactly. And think about this. They discovered how to get into the quantum realm. And I think the the Ant-Man and Wasp is kind of going to solidify that. Well, they've they've already it's already there. It's heavy into the into the quantum realm. Yeah. So, what if through the quantum realm they find a way into this other this other timeline or whatever where these the heroes still exist and they try to find a way? I don't I don't know. I'm just shooting at straws here, but like a way to bring them back like that because what happened to the stones at the end? Did Thanos? I saw the gauntlet got crushed. What happened? I think he burnt out the glove doing that. Okay, but this the stones are still yeah the stones are still dead. The intact. glove is just mangled. I've been racking my brain with this, trying to figure out what are they going to do. Like, do what you, is the next do you possible think that place? They could, they could shrink down into the quantum realm to get into the soul stone where everybody might be. I wonder. That's another good theory. Gerald, thoughts? I think that's yeah, that is a good theory, and because there has to be, I think, a back door or a way to get in there. But it has to avoid time travel because, as I mentioned to you, the Chinese marketplace does not want anything to do with time travel in their movies. So, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a large base of money you would be throwing away if you went into a time travel type scenario. So if you're looking for a back door, that could be one way right there to accomplish your mission. Since we saw that the, the, the you can destroy an Infinity Stone, do you think that that could be the way to get everybody back is you you destroy the soul stone possibly or whatever or whatever that's possibly keeping them out that will bring them back so to avoid the time? Well, only Wanda could destroy the soul stone. She's gone. 
well, that's as far as you know. They could Miss Marvel could be the one. Maybe they, she was the Kree experiment was that they experimented with the Infinity Stone. That's a good thought. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's clever. So, okay, what do you think of? I, I, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. The end credit scene with Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel. How do you think he's connected to her? Because in the in the pictures we saw on the internet, he had some kind of prosthetic on him. Do you think that he's actually a Kree or, or a scroll, possibly? I mentioned to you this before a few weeks ago as well. I certainly hope that's not the case. But when it, it may be a diversion or, or so, of some type, but... I hope not, but I think there probably is a connection. It, it could very well be that he is a Cree after all, and that he's, you know, that that's the connection they're in. I'm hoping that's not the case, but I think that that could be a great possibility. It's just interesting to see her being mentioned at that last minute because she did film scenes in Avengers 3 Infinity War, but unfortunately they got tossed down on the cutting room floor. So, at this point in time, she is somewhat of a surprise in what she's going to do. And I guess more is going to be brought to light in her movie when it comes out in February. I have a feeling it's going to come down to Samuel Jackson's character being a Cree, But that's to me, that's very unfortunate because I just I wanted his character to stay just Nick Fury. Because as you and I both have, have experienced in the comic books, his character doesn't deviate like that, no matter which Nick Fury or Nick Fury Jr. or whatever has taken place. Yeah, yeah, it's he he's the constant. Like everyone says it's Tony Stark that holds the universe together. Yeah, maybe. But I think that Nick Fury is kind of just as responsible for that. He's just not out in the in the light. Yeah, yeah, he's just not out there as much. I I imagine like if he were in every movie like they would be even more expensive to make. Do you think that in her movie to avoid the for to avoid him being a scroll or a Cree or whatever, do you think that he was like because it's supposed to take place in the 90s, correct? Yes. So that's before all the Avengers and all that other stuff happened. So do you think that whatever happens then and then she he like she wants to like go into like witness protection or something like that to where he yeah, you can call me if you absolutely need me. I wonder and that's, and that's what the beeper was for. Kind of like a Steve Rogers situation. Yeah, it's kinda of like what the pager was for, is that he was calling her as a last resort. Something in the movie must have taken place where it necessitated her just saying, you know what, this is point I may have too much power for everything. I just don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to go into a dark corner of the universe and, and don't call me unless you need me type scenario. Yeah, this was, and you know, that that's one, another thing they did well in this movie. They kind of like, they didn't make it so you weren't waiting for the characters to believe the story of, of Thanos. They're kind of just like, all right, cool. Well, this is happening. Let's let's take care of it. Like the whole thing when uh, well, they, but they they knew about it from the first Avengers when he sent the the Chitari. They knew about it, but like they didn't have to go into like this whole thing of like disbelief. You know, no, they never mentioned his name though. Because remember, Thor presses Loki on who taught him this and who's dealing with Chitari, but they never mentioned exactly who the individual was. We only saw as an audience exactly who was behind all of that. Well, they did kind of show a little bit of disbelief because Bruce Banner was having to like try to convince people that no, he's real and he's serious, and you need to take it seriously. When he was when he first when he when he got back to talking with Tony, he's trying to convince him, no, this is serious. Because Tony was like, I don't really want to get involved, and you know, I don't do that anymore. And then he was like, No, you need to take this seriously. Absolutely. And then right after the destruction of that area with New York, and then Doctor Strange getting kidnapped and all that that took place. 
So next movie, do you think it's going to pick up in the aftermath? Like, do you think it's going to take place directly after? So they're going to be kind of dealing with the the loss of these characters. Are we going to see how Aunt May reacts to, or maybe she's gone too, or like how, how the loved ones are going to react to these characters dying? Are they going to remember them? How is this going to happen? I think it will take place shortly thereafter. The incidents that took place and all the deaths and, and the disappearances of not only Avengers, but everybody else. So it's going to be something that probably comes right after the events of Infinity War. And I think you just lead into there because it isn't, to me, an outstanding film. Once again, I highly recommend everyone seeing it. It's better if you go in with some knowledge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It makes more sense that way. But definitely is something that you have to go out of your way to see. I just think it is, for all intents and purposes, an outstanding part one of a two-part miniseries almost because it will be probably almost about six hours of actual movie that you need to see in order to get this whole thing fully viewed and the whole story yeah. fleshed out in its entirety. So, Gerald, I, want, I just want to know, what movies do you suggest people watch before they go see this to get as much of the story without watching every single film? What are your essentials to to pre-watching the uh, Infinity War? Probably the ones I would say would be starting off with Captain America First Avenger, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess the Thor movies, even though they're kind of bad. But yes, the two Thor movies. Winter Soldier, you don't really need to see, but you should see it anyways because it is the best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Although I'm toying with putting Infinity War somewhere in my top three. I have to see it again to, to figure out where it goes. Real quick... Winter Soldier, that disappointed me so much because he was, they like built his character up in Black Panther and Winter Soldier to make him seem like he's so important. And he is, he's so cool. And he's, he's basically like a cooler version of Captain America. And all he really did in that whole battle was shoot a gun and twirl Rocket Raccoon around. Exactly. Even in the scene, just as they're heading into battle, you see Captain America and Black Panther just like doing their super dash and you don't see Winter Soldier doing the same thing. And didn't we just see that in Captain America Civil War where they were all running at the same high speed? Uh, it just it didn't make any sense that they put him back and really subdued his character. Well, do you think it could have been because didn't T'Challa mention something where he's he's had enough of war and conflict or something? I mean, and he was a little hesitant. And plus Captain America himself wasn't heavily featured in this film. I mean, he was in the film, but he wasn't like um, like focal point. He didn't have a lot of dialogue or anything like that. So do you think... And that's one of the issues I have with the film is, is I don't think there was enough Captain America and his troop. There was uh, maybe a little bit too much of the Thor issue, but I know that's the part you like best, Josh, but maybe a little bit less could have been done, but it was still very entertaining to me overall as far as that part of the storyline. But I would have liked to have seen more of Cap's troop yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of felt like that, but they 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 had again, like I I you know I wish they would have elaborated on it, but it felt like they had a lot of story to tell in such like a short amount of time to tell it. So in what in Infinity War? In Infinity War. Well, that's why I thought they were going to split it into two parts. Well, they are. So it makes me wonder, like, what the original script looked like. It does feel like a part one. I mean, even with Thor at, at the end becoming the victor and just chilling and and just enjoying his dirty work, I thought Josh Brolin as Thanos did an outstanding job of carrying the movie and you actually kind of empathize in some form or fashion with what he's doing. So he's not doing it because of purely evil reasons. He's doing it because he feels it necessary to do so. 
Yeah, he thinks he's right, and that's what makes a terrifying villain. He thinks he's doing a service. Exactly. So we're going to be closing out with some final thoughts on Infinity War. We're going to sound off each one of us on our reasons why. And then also as well, we've got coming up Rob McCallum in the Cosmic Crossfire and Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base talking the future of the Walking Dead. This is the PCC Multiverse. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. back with another edition of the cosmic crossfire my name is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source we truly appreciate you sticking around and enjoying the program but it wouldn't be a cosmic crossfire without my good friend he is the man the myth the legend behind rob mccallum films you got to check out all of his great projects today on robmccallumfilms.com including the upcoming project that he has now available on Kickstarter that you can go and help support. It is Galaxy of Hope, an unauthorized Star Wars documentary that will help out so many children out there. It is just truly great that he's actually going ahead and doing this with his best friend, Jay Bartlett. It is my good friend as well. It is Rob McCallum. What's going on? Oh, not much. Another day in paradise, as you like to say, just uh, hitting the Kickstarter campaign trail really hard, talking to a lot of different people that are excited to uh, be a part of it, and uh, just putting a lot of time into that kind of stuff. You know how it goes. I know how it goes, indeed, especially across social media. You have been extremely active. In fact, you have gotten the help and assistance of a lot of well-known Star Wars celebrities in your cause to try and get people aware about the great Galaxy Hope Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, Mark Hamill has liked three of our tweets now officially. We have Dave Benison on board who created uh, Luke's walking stick in Last Jedi, and he's created a custom replica that's going to be part of the project. So that's cool. We have Michael Giacchino, who did the score for a lot of different Pixar films. And, of course, Rogue One. And just now we shared that Charles Soule, who uh, did the uh, writing on Anakin and Obi-Wan, Darth Vader, and the new book on Poe, he retweeted to all his followers as well. So there's no shortage of support from people in the actual Star Wars universe or tethered to the creation of it. Just need a little push from all the fans out there that want to see a cool Star Wars documentary and want to dig into some of the cool Star Wars collectibles out there and see the impact it's going to have on kids that work with charity foundations and and just basically see that really life-changing impact that every dollar we raise can help. But Rob, not only are we here to talk about Galaxy Hope, but we're here to talk as well about some great pop culture topics. So Rob, what's on your mind when it comes to pop culture well since galaxy of hope has been on the brain and i've been watching kickstarter i've been really deep into the statistics i've been seeing where backers are coming from and the percentages and what rewards are making up different tiers and what people are gravitating towards 
crowdfunding is all about the stats on some level, especially when you launch a campaign, it becomes addictive. So on the, on the cosmic crossfire, I've got three different stories that really involve numbers to see what you think about all of them. So the first one, we can finally say without a shadow of a doubt that the Simpsons is the longest running scripted show. Is it too long at 29 seasons? I think there's 635 episodes. Finally overcame Gunsmoke, and they did a nice little parody, that Fox Animation show. Uh, can it get good again, and, and what would it take? So those were the big questions I had. So at 29 seasons, 635 episodes, where does this series really go from here? Can it get better? And Or, or on the other side, what's it going to take to cancel it? You have a regular audience that watches week in and week out. You also have a fluctuating audience that, similar to what I do with The Walking Dead, just based on the storyline or maybe the certain episode, will come in and come out depending on as far as what's going on. Because the series has been so long now, shows like that, South Park, and again, The Walking Dead, you're just going to have people like me that are just going to come in and out because we've got life, things of that nature, and also interest in the actual shows themselves waver over the course of time. I don't think you're going to be able to get Simpsons at the height it once was ever again. I think it probably will end at season 30 because, uh, first of all, all the characters are now a lot older 30 years later. I know there's a lot of talk about Hank Azaria and one of his characters, Apu, that I believe is going to probably not be around much longer because of the controversy that has emanated from that character I know for a fact that year 30 has been talked about as probably being the end. I'm not, it's not 100%, but I know people would be interested in seeing that last season or those last few episodes if that was the case. And Fox officially announced it. But there's changing ideals and changing desires from millennials, younger audiences that don't sway toward the favor of The Simpsons as well. It's it's really hard to say because it's become a generational show now, right? It crosses more than one generation at 29 years. It'll only continue to cement that gap that and act as a as a pop culture bridge between two generations the longer it goes on. It is something like Star Wars now where up until episode 7 you could argue was really like a previous generations trilogy or or story to tell and now with 7, 8 and 9 and Han Solo and Rogue One, and of course the continued animated series really feeding the youth, it continues to be a multi-generational show. I mean, heck, Ninja Turtles are multi-generational at this point, having debuted, I think, in 87, and never really been off the air in some regard, going strong since. So there's a, there's another one that you can wonder, like, is this over in Nickelodeon? Just reboot that. It, it's not the same series over and over again, but it, it'll continue to have, a, have its same presence I don't know the answer to this. I mean, South Park is over 20 seasons now itself. That is bordering on a generational show. And I think the difference, at least with South Park and Simpsons, is South Park continues to really hit the quality mark. It's not as timely because a lot of their jokes are really almost like a late night TV or like uh, very focused on what's going on in the world at that moment. So in 20 years, when you look back at what's happening in season 20, it's not going to hit you in the same way that, say, the first 10 seasons of The Simpsons are because those are just funny jokes and it's just funny circumstances that everybody can relate to. And that's why The Simpsons itself does so well in syndication over something, let's say, like a South Park. 
Yeah, I I 100% agree. But you could even just see the quality of writing, at least, with South Park go up a notch. So even if you're out of the loop on what's going on on the inside joke, it's written better, it's animated better. So there's there's that going for it. I don't know the fate of The Simpsons. I mean, I don't think anybody does. In, in a world where there's streaming and you know royalty deals to be made off that and acquisitions between big companies, it's a massive library and probably... Well, other than Gunsmoke, the biggest TV library out there for a single show. So that's a lot of money that can get passed around a lot. So why wouldn't you continue to grow it if you're Fox? Even if you are maybe losing on the broadcast side, you're going to make it up on, on the other side, uh, on the digital side, I think, down the road. I think it that, only makes that, sense Those are the same questions I've been asking about The Walking Dead because it's lost over half of its audience but still makes a ton of cash in syndication. Yeah, and that just makes sense, right? Because it's not all about the one set of numbers. It's about the multiple sets of numbers, the bigger picture, the the broader perspective of what's going on. It, when you look at a series, you have to look at it as the first shot of those trailers, the big drone shot of the whole landscape. That's what you have to look. You have to take it all in. Whether you like it or not, you have to take it all in. I think it's good for The Simpsons to, to be running that long. I think it's it's great that they can turn over that many teams of writers and animators and directors and have that many different kinds of celebrities on there and it still has an appeal and has a place i think much like the flintstones and scooby-doo that were previously long-running animated uh, shows when this goes off the air it's going to feel like there is something that's missing and who knows it could come back after like like futurama did for a few more seasons or family guy for that matter i think there's a lot to be said about the simpsons i think it can always be redeemed i think it just comes down to great writing and when they get back to those stories of human emotion and heart instead of slapstick comedy for the sake of slapstick comedy and being wacky and weird that's when the show is going to get back on it on its course so just my two thoughts That'll do it for another episode of the Cosmic Crossfire. Let us know what you think out there. Hit us up on Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos. And on Twitter? On Twitter, it's Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, Game Source, and at Rob McZob on Twitter. Again, also as well, please support this awesome project, Galaxy of Hope. Just search it out on Kickstarter today, and you can go ahead and be a part of some great film magic that i know rob and jay would like to produce out there for you appreciate it gerald uh, and hopefully we'll be back soon to talk more about galaxy of hope the benefits of being a backer and some really cool things in store definitely looking forward to it and rob as always it's great having you a part of the pop culture cosmos frank here from super bs Talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. Oh, yeah. That's the Super BS Gamescast, available today on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And we're back with the program. Thank you so much for sticking around and enjoying what we have going on here with the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. We truly appreciate it. AMC's big hit over the past eight seasons, The Walking Dead. It's done tremendously well over that span of time. But there's kind of like some watershed moments right now as far as the future of the series. And who better to talk to The Walking Dead than one of the leading administrators for The Walking Dead fan base, which is one of the largest Walking Dead fan groups anywhere you can go. 
It's available on Facebook as a page or a group. It's the Walking Dead fan base. If you are a hardcore Walking Dead fan, you got to go ahead and sign up and interact with the over 50,000 individuals that are already a part of it. It is Daphne Matthew. How are you today? Good evening, Gerald. I'm doing fine. How is everybody out there in Las Vegas, right? Exactly. It's now 90 degrees every single day, and it is actually getting to be Las Vegas weather really shortly. But we are distracted by the Golden Knights and their success in their inaugural season. So it's great. But once hockey season is over, we're just all going to be grumbling and mumbling about, you know, it's hot again, 110, 120, whatnot. Ah, yuck. I know we talked a little bit about, before we went on the air, about the ratings, which obviously for a TV show is the be-all, end-all. The ratings for the finale for season eight is at the lowest point since season one, virtually half of what it was just three years ago. I want to hear your opinion about what's going on for the show going forward. What fundamental changes do you think they need to make, if any? And then also as well, because The Walking Dead is the most expensive television show that's out there as far as production value and things of that nature does it need to stay at this level or can it go even lower as far as the ratings are concerned because there's obviously a sweet syndication deal that they have now in place that helps support the walking dead at least at this point going forward right well the ratings oh, the ratings have been on the decline like you said since i will say the end of season six a lot of people blame the introduction of the Negan character, also King Ezekiel, because they thought they were too over the top. I don't think they were too over the top. I think it's just that they were new and they were, how should I say it, charismatic and somewhat flamboyant at times. People didn't, they didn't grasp to take a liking to them right away. I know with uh, the, the Negan, as far as his initial entry, I know with him killing Abraham and Glenn right off the bat, I know that's something that The Walking Dead likes to do, but I just know from the reaction at that point in time, it turned a lot of people off. I'm not going to be dishonest with you on that. No, I agree with that. The violence of their deaths had never been done on the show. I mean, we've seen, we've seen over the course of the years, we've seen very graphic deaths. Noah for it, there's Noah getting killed in the, um, and that turnstile, yeah. I remember that, it, it, yeah. But, yeah, but, in the revolving doors. That yeah, was, and, and, and the revolving door, you're right. And I remember that as like part of his face ripping off and whatnot. I will tell you this, with Negan, it just to me was an issue. I think, like you said, we have never seen that level of violence on television as a whole from what I've ever seen. Well, we hadn't seen it, a, uh, how should we say, a person on a person as opposed to a walker tearing up people. That's expected. I mean, we've seen that in our culture since Night of the Living Dead. True, true, so true. Very true. Basically, for a human to enact such violence on another human turns a lot of people off, also because it was Glenn. But the backstory with Glenn was, was that he actually asked for his comic book death. They weren't originally going to do it. They were going to kill Maggie instead. And that's something I knew back then, but he went to the producers and said that for the storyline, and he was correct, because look, two years later, people are still mad over it. We still have posts every day. Why is Glenn dead? Why didn't he get killed Glenn and Abraham? And that's just the effect of his character on 
communities as a whole. He was a beloved character, just like Herschel was, just like Abraham was. So basically, you know, with him dying so brutally, it still is it have an impact on the show two years later. But it was the violence of it that turned a lot of people. There was a lot of petitions to, and for a while there, they did do that. They toned down the violence on The Walking Dead throughout season six, four, up until uh, No Way Out when Jesse and her whole family got killed. So for a couple of episodes, they did take heed and kind of filter out the violence, even though it was still there, you didn't, it wasn't so graphic anymore. As far as the ratings go and how it's impacting The Walking Dead, there are several things that's happened over the course of the two years, the two seasons that's really impacted the ratings. I mean, I know the violence impacted Glenn and Abraham did impact season seven. But other the other things were the introduction of so many new characters at once. It was like we got swarmed with characters. We had the Oceanside community. We had the hilltop we had the kingdom we had the heapsters we had all these characters in play but the, their storylines were never developed so it was like we were getting thrown all these new faces and no explanation behind why they were there i mean you get bits and pieces like okay the conflict between the kingdom and the saviors was a constant throughout their entire season seven. We saw a lot of that action between them. On the hilltop, we saw a couple of episodes, but then we only saw the Oceanside community one episode. It was like they were there and then, well, we didn't see them again until episode 11, 12 of this year. So it was like we we got all these faces, no storylines. The storylines were inconsistent in season seven. They went through a long period in season seven after Glenn and Abraham's death where there was no action. There was, it was like, okay, we saw Carol, we saw Maggie, we saw Daryl in the cell, but it was like people got bored because it was like, okay, so where is all this going to join up and become a real storyline? So, and then Rick running around being a scared chicken 12 episodes didn't help. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. He he was criticized for that as well. So I want to close it out with this. As far as your thoughts on the future of The Walking Dead, because I think if something has to change, when you lose over half your audience in less than three years, that's not a great sign for the show's longevity. And like I said, with the exorbitant cost to make each and every episode of The Walking Dead – it mm-hmm. needs the support of at least decent ratings. And, you know, these are first world problems because it's still one of <laughs> the most watched shows on television. I mean, yeah, if you were to ask, like, for instance, I'll throw Timeless out there. If you ask the producers of Timeless, hey, would you like 7.8 million people watching your show? They'd just be jumping around doing backflips saying yes. <laughs> so, but I know with AMC writing the checks, it is still something that they're keeping an eye on for the long term. And obviously, there's going to be some type of breaking point if the ratings continue to decline. So I just want to hear your thoughts to close out our conversation. I'll tell you what, it's been so great talking to you. But I want to hear from a true fan, because I'm only a casual fan. But I want to hear from a true, true fan that is hardcore what you think The Walking Dead's future needs to be in order to recapture 
that audience and people like me who are those in and out type viewers, which need to be, again, at some point in time, be glued back to watching it every Sunday night. Okay, well, what would what would make The Walking Dead go back to its glory days? Okay, they started slipping, I'll say, after season... Uh, it started a little bit in season six because they were in Alexandria, and again, the storylines just going different ways with the Morgan story, the Enid story, Glenn, and the, dump, the terrible dumpster dive. The biggest problem, and this is consistent from all the groups that I communicate with is that the writing is the biggest problem. Directors only direct what they get. Actors only act the scripts they are given. And the biggest problem seems to be across the board is the writing of the episodes. It it was just chaos. It, it's just been chaotic the last two seasons. It's just too much given in one season. I mean, we had five different storylines going on in season seven. And then, okay, All Out War. All Out War, the reason why they lost so many people in season eight itself wasn't because of the action. It was great action. The first half of the season was great, in my opinion. It was just that it was just too much dragging on of All Out War. I mean, most of the conflicts, you saw it over the course of one season, and they cycled back to it. The next biggest example is the governor. He first appeared in season three. He was there a couple of episodes. He kidnapped Glenn and Maggie, and they moved away from that. We didn't see him again until season four when the conflict was finally finished. That worked. Seasons three and season four were the best seasons in CWD history, with the exception of season five. That's one problem I see is the writing. The other is the killing off of main characters for shock value. It's just, they're, they're just killing off people now just because they can. I mean... Like I said earlier in the beginning of our dialogue, there was no reason to kill off Paul other than the external conflicts, contract dispute, money dispute. There was really no real reason to kill off his character. He's still alive and well and kicking. If you want to save money, then get rid of some of the garbage people. I mean, you have 22 featured series regulars that's a lot of money. I mean, The Walking Dead is still very profitable. And I know people are concerned a lot about ratings and that, you know, shows live or die based on the ratings. But The Walking Dead is different in that aspect where that they don't survive solely on ratings. They have their conventions. They have merchandise. So as long as The Walking Dead is really, really profitable, for AMC, I don't see it going anywhere. Now, the biggest problem is characters. Andrew Lincoln will probably leave sooner rather than later. He's been doing this for eight years. He has expressed, and it's been a lot in the internet, if you Google anything about him, that he's definitely talking about an enteric story on The Walking Dead. He's been doing this show since He's been in his early 30s, so, you know, unfortunately for these actors and actresses, time is their enemy, not ours. And also the fact that Denai Guerrera is now going to be appearing in two of the largest movies this year. She is looking to be a breakout star. She was awesome in The Black Panther, and her character Michonne, which is a favorite on the TWE, Mm -hmm. as much as 
people would like her to stay, you know, I'm sorry. She's gonna she's gonna be probably at this point in time one of the what highest grossing actresses or actors for that for you know for for um, any of that yeah. and, of the year. So you know, how yeah. long is she gonna stay? I, I don't see her saying McClane. And actually that's very interesting that you brought her up in particular because there was an article today that she's actually getting a show somewhere, maybe in Las Vegas. Somebody has um, backed a play or something because she had did a play once last year with her co-star from the Black Panther. She did a small off-Broadway play because she's also a writer and somebody just green-lighted another project for her. So now she's filming Xfinity War Part 2. She's filming Black Panther 2. She's doing a play. She don't have time for The Walking Dead too much anymore. So, so and that's the thing. Know. So I ask you this. Will the TWD survive and thrive without a Rick and Michonne leading the way? I think that's a tough one because for I know for a lot of fans that would be really tough. Me being a hardcore fan that I am, I I wouldn't want it to. I really wouldn't. If those characters are at risk of leaving, it would be better for them to end on a high note than to suffer more ratings losses because of the fact that main characters that we have come to love over the course of eight seasons are no longer there. I think um, Norman Reedus actually said it in an interview when they found out that Chandler Riggs was going to be killed off, that if you wanted to make a different show, you should have made a different show instead of killing off the core characters. So if that's the route, if that, I mean, we, they might lose Lauren Cohen this year. She still has no contract. She actually has filmed the pilot for ABC for another show. and Maybe that's why they're building the internal Civil War storyline is that think, they're trying to find an out for her. Yeah, so that's kind of difficult. I mean, they might lose her just because of that. So it's like you're going to start losing your core characters. My, in my opinion, my thing would be make 10 your last season. I know they want to merge Fear the Walking Dead and... The Walking Dead, that's why Lenny James is over there now, to kind of like be the catalyst that brings them to The Walking Dead. So if that's what you plan to do, and I know it's going to start happening next year during the Whisper of War, inside information I just shared, by the way. <laughs> wow, well, thank you for uh, doing so. I appreciate it. So if that, that is their plan, what's going to happen is, is that I would say ended after 10 seasons. I mean, everybody is going to miss the show when it does eventually decide that they're going to cancel it and they're going to end The Walking Dead. But I would rather them end it sooner rather than later than to drag it on and, how should I say, destroy the memory of what we have instead of giving us a bad ending. Let us go with the pleasantries and the joyful memories we have of the show as it stands. Even with two bad seasons, I mean, it's still a better show and it's still as far as ratings up there with Game of Thrones, which is right now the highest. Well, when it was airing last year, it was the highest viewed show last year. So it's still up there. It's still competitive. But don't give the fans the lost ending. If you ever looked at the show Lost, everybody knows how that ended. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. you're right. I totally agree <laughs> with you that you don't want the TWD wearing out its welcome with fans. Exactly. So don't give it the loss and then let it end on a good story. I mean, 
Um, where they're going right now, the Whisperer War will more than likely, it's, it's there. It's already there. We've already, people don't know, there's already been, the Whisperer's already in the story. They just haven't been brought to the forefront. So the Whisperers are already in action. They were actually seen in two episodes, 15 and 16. They were shown in the finale too, and people don't know that. So we have the Whisperers on the cusp of coming into The Walking Dead. And then right after that, you have that woman, Georgie. That storyline is the New World Order, which is the current comic series going on in the comics. Ended with that. I mean, there's no point into dragging it on to the point where it's no, how should I say, interest in it. It's just like, okay, well, you know what? I've been watching this for 10 years. I might as well continue watching it. I just hope at the end of the day that they do right by the fans. I mean, they gave us two seasons that left us with feelings of, well, you know, I didn't like it, but I still watched it. I want to be, how should I say it? I want to be shocked. I wanted to go back to the seasons where it was anticipation. People were looking forward to the next episode. Not saying that it didn't happen in season seven or eight. But cut out all the fluff. I know you want to spread out the storyline, but at the end of the day, you could have did a better job with the filler storylines. But as I said before, we at the fan base and myself personally, I'm in it to the end. I mean, I may not, we may not always be happy or satisfied with what we get at the end of the day, but you know what? A fan is a fan. Well, that's awesome indeed. And I'll tell you what, it has been so great to talk to you. Once again, it's Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base, Facebook group, and Facebook page. If you are a fan of the series, you got to go and check out their pages today on Facebook. Sign up and be a part of that ever-growing community of Walking Dead fans that love to share their opinions on the show and the future of the series. Daphne, I just want to tell you, it's been tremendous talking to you about the Walking Dead And I hope at some point in time, at your convenience, you can come back on our shows and talk more about that show that you love so much, The Walking Dead. Anytime. Again, thank you so much, Daphne, for being a part of the show and, of course, a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. Hello, podcast fans. My name is Chris Jones, and I'm here to tell you about the Nerd Bliss Podcast. Now, of all the geek-oriented podcasts out there, we are definitely one of them. Yes, we talk about Star Trek and Star Wars and cosplay and Marvel and DC and the usual. But as geeks, we embrace anyone with very specialized knowledge, like triathletes or improv comedians or musicians. So we try to bring them in and let them share their geekiness with you to help broaden some horizons. And maybe you'll learn something. Maybe we'll learn something. You can find our entire catalog at nerdlistpodcast.com on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Player FM, 
and we are now proud to be a part of the ESO Network. Once again, we are the Nerd Bliss Podcast. Thank you, and pod bless. want to make sure and let you know our shows are being streamed seven days a week on online radio and that we deliver two brand new shows covering the latest in pop culture every Monday and Friday to Apple Podcasts or our over 30 different podcast networks. Just subscribe to any one of them on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel to get extra content or just check out the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page for our entire radio schedule and the list of those podcast networks. Josh, what's going on, my friend, with you and Big Dog and everyone else at Humanica Media? Good question. Actually, yesterday we did a little interview with a band called Young Ghosts and how do you think that went, man? Was, I thought it went really well. It was their first interview ever. Was their first, yeah, we got the the exclusive, the only exclusive, the very first and only exclusive by Young Ghosts. And you can check that out today. It actually just dropped. Well, you'll by the time you hear this, it'll be out. It'll have been out for a few days. But yeah, it's up. Check it out. You can check them out on Facebook. They got they're a metalcore band with from Florida. So you know they have a lot of time to play music out there. And. <laughs> Also, there's a new episode of the Super BS Games cast dropping on Thursday night. And then there's some new Inside Sports going up here soon, too. Oh, that's awesome to hear. And there's a lot of great things going on with Humanic Media. So you got to check it out today on their YouTube channel. And, of course, all their shows on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much to Rob McCallum for stepping into the Cosmic Crossfire. And also, as well, Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base. Big Dog, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on one thing that you think they're going to do in the next installment, the part two, for lack of a better term, then also as well, your total thoughts on the actual movie itself and why people should make their way to go see Avengers Infinity War. Sure. I think that uh, in the next movie, it's going to be kind of a reconciliation with the, like you said, like the original Avengers, you have the original cast back together, I think is going to have kind of some kind of reconciliation between Tony Stark and uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America. I want to say that they're kind of banking on Thanos having somewhat of a change of heart since Dr. Strange straight up gave him the, the eye of Agmodo said that was the, uh, is the only way to get to the end game. So I think that something along those lines, and then they're going to, it's also going to involve Captain Marvel and the wasp and all that. But I think that's more of the same. I think it's going to be more of like a serious movie, less jokes than, than this one. I think more of a serious tone of the film since really all of the, uh, the jokesters are gone. Although Tony Stark is still there. He's still there, but I, I think he's going to be more serious since, you know, he had such that, uh, that, 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 that moment, that with, moment Spider-Man. With, with, with Spider-Man Oof. and it was, it was a real jerker and, you know, he got hurt and stabbed. And so it's, it's going to be epic. I think it's, it's, it's going to close out that major story arc, but uh, you should definitely go see it because it, it, it's, I don't want to say it's the culmination of everything you've been waiting for, but it kind of is like your, your way to see like, you know, everybody together, you know, just coming together into it and it really it really is expanding the the universe of the of the marvel universe is because you know they're going to all these different places you've got thor out in space not just going to asgard or to earth you've got you know the guardians of the galaxy coming to earth for the first time well i think no they didn't but they're going to i feel well the guardians of the galaxy did come to earth did they in wakanda yeah groot and rocket oh, raccoon right. so yeah that's the first time they've been on earth ironically peter quill is the one who didn't peter quill is the one who didn't but i just it's it's such a journey for all these films that you you spent you know, all this time you know watching going to the movies paying all the money seeing all these people in separate films and now you finally get to see how they interact with each other in this film 
I know we had a little bit in the first Avengers and then the, and then the second Age of Ultron, but feel like in this one, it's just it's all coming together. Josh, your thoughts? Why people should make their way to go see Avengers Infinity War? I have a theory. I think that Doctor Strange is not as dead as we think he is because he is a master of illusion. He has the ability to walk in multiple worlds. I think that he just made it seem like he was dying. Maybe he pulled some kind of Lord Voldemort and split himself into separate beings. And he's going to have a key part in bringing the gang back together. Do you think that his body died, but his spirit is in the astral plane? Yeah, yeah, it's possible. We saw what he did in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Had his, yep. I think it's entirely possible. Um, I'm predicting that Thor is going to have a pretty big part to play because he actually has the only weapon that can harm Thanos. I don't know, man. I feel like the characters like Black Panther and Spider-Man, I feel like they're going to have a role to play in the movie. They're not going to stay dead because they sell tickets and people really like those characters. So there has to be some kind of epic battle. It's not just going to be a three-hour conversation with with Thanos. It's not going to be like a... um, what do you call that? Like an intervention or something. It, there's going to have to be like a big battle scene and people should go see it just because this is it, man. This is like, this is the reason we started watching these things in the first place. Like, you know, like you said, it's what it's all been building up to. And I'm also going to predict that there's going to be one or two major deaths, like prominent deaths that permanent, just, prominent and permanent and pertinent that just kind of stay that way. I agree with you on that. I think, Cap and Iron Man, their time is limited. In fact, both have mentioned that their contracts are up. Chris Evans has already said he has finished filming Avengers 4 and that he's pretty much done unless they do some reshoots of any kind, which leads me to believe that unless he gets re-signed for more for a future road down there, which he has said he's not exactly interested in doing at this point in time, Things may change, but at this point in time, I agree with you on two major deaths being Cap and Iron Man. I think Black Widow will live because it's been rumored that they have started a scriptwriter for a Black Widow movie. And finally, possibly a Black Widow movie could materialize at some point in time down the road. Unless she gets killed too and they do a movie that's based in the past, similar to what they're doing with Captain Marvel. We'll have to wait and see on that one too. As far as my thoughts on the actual film itself, it is a tremendous epic adventure. It is something that, like you said, Big Dog, people have been waiting for 10 years and 18 films for this to lead up. There has been nothing else like it ever done as far as this much into a a story timeline, a continuous timeline. You can't go Star Wars. You can't even go Bond because Bond has more films but has never had a continuous timeline like this. It's all leading up to a collaborative effort, a coordinated effort to Avengers Infinity War. And it is something that for the most part, with some minor quibbles here and there, because with so much to do, people are always going to have quibbles. But for the most part, it is truly an outstanding film. The Russos did a tremendous job with this picture, with having to juggle so much and so many different storylines and so many different groups that it, it just was so hard to give everyone equal time in the spotlight. But everyone does get a chance to shine as far as the heroes are concerned. And I, I think it's just truly an incredible venture that cannot afford to miss 
while it's on the big screen. Sure, it's going to look great on streaming, but this is a movie that you need to take the kids to, that you need to experience yourself on the big screen, because this is something that you'll probably remember for a long time to come. Plus, it also has probably the most expensive after credit scene ever, so got to check that out as well. Well, guys, I appreciate you, Ben, being on this show and being part of the PC Multiverse. Any last thoughts on the way out? Go see the movie. It is fantastic. It is awesome. Don't be one of those people who are like, only until it comes out on Redbox. You need to see this in theaters. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, this is definitely a movie theater experience. I'm trying to go ahead and check it out on IMAX this time because Standard Def was fine. It was awesome, but I want to see if I can experience it on an even better platform in IMAX the next time around. So for Big Dog and Josh Peterson... This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you so much for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. What's up, guys? We're back. What about this? What about that? Um, You know, we got another episode here for you, and we're going to be talking about movies. The one thing that we can never seem to agree on. I'm producer Josh. I'm Travis. I'm Keith. I'm Kyle. So the question is, the topic is, Indie film versus big Hollywood blockbusters. So Steven Spielberg said last year, he's quoted as saying that the model for the Hollywood blockbuster is not sustainable. So if, 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 a Hollywood, if there was a year when a Hollywood blockbuster came out and it did not make its money, that the industry would start to implode on itself. Obviously, you know, he wasn't taking into account uh, Disney buying Fox and Marvel and all that stuff, but... That brings a good point, though. There's a a divide between indie films and blockbusters. And what do you guys think of like who who should the future of the film industry go to in terms of storytelling, uh, creativity? Like who who do, where do you guys stand on that? Wes Anderson. <laughs> Wes Anderson just does the next Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> he does all the films. Um, 
Josh, by the way, you came in. I just want a side note. You came in hot on that intro. <laughs> you, were like, you were like Steve Harvey. Yes. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like eight miles. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is what you're asking basically is the Hollywood blockbuster going to eventually be no more and it's going to go more like independent? Yeah. Do you think that there's going to be a renaissance in people wanting original material as opposed to something that a big studio is putting millions of dollars into and is sticking to a formula like Star Wars movies? Yeah. Very would, formulaic. I'm going to say I think the – I don't think blockbusters will ever go away um, as like a concept, as like a thing that people want to watch. I think the – I think the options are going to reduce. So I think we're going to have Marvel food movies forever. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have Star Wars movies forever. So is it possible? And there's going to be like a disaster film. Is it every possible? Yeah, and that's it. it. Like that, it those poss- are our blockbusters. Is it possible to say, in a nutshell, that we will have independent films and Disney will continue to make the blockbusters? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. I think that that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's almost how it is today, though. I mean, even like the big budget rom coms are very. Few and far between. Yeah, because like the most successful rom com of last year was The Big Sick, right? And that right. was an indie film. I yeah. didn't see that. It was good. You should see I never it. saw it. But that that goes to like what what qualifies as an indie film because Fox had uh, Fox Searchlight and they called those indie films, but those still had budgets of over you know twenty million dollars. So I think what qualifies as an indie film is it was a good. Was <laughs> 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 it good? I mean, that's yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe budget, maybe the, the amount of budget, like ten million and under, is indie. I agree. Yeah. I think I agree with Keith. It's never going to go away. I think my mind goes to the fact that movie theaters are all now serving beer on tap. That's right. It's experience because they're competing with all the other ways <laughs> with, in which with your home. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. With I've been watching Peaky Blinders, right. and um, and so so I go. Man, this is great. I. I pay a couple bucks a month, and it's like I'm getting this awesome experience. Personally, I'm I'm not a guy that's going to go watch the next Marvel. I'm not a guy that is going. I'm I'm just I'm not that guy. So for me, as I'm like, those could go away tomorrow, and I don't care. <clears throat> Have you ever seen a Marvel movie? What? Which one? I don't know. Batman Returns. <laughs> you, you have to name some, and I know. Oh yeah, Batman. <laughs> no, that's Batman not Marvel. Marvel. What is that? That's DC. DC. D- I've seen DC. Uh, oh. Marvel is like. Avengers, Iron Man, Spider Man. Yes, yes. Okay. Then I then I have, but not like uh, it's kind of like a, a Saturday accident. Mm, like you saw it on TNT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know well, if yeah. I don't know if I've ever lost you've money. Never, you've never intentionally done it. <laughs> yeah, but I got sucked in. Yeah. So so for yeah. me to get sucked in, mm-hmm. I, I'll never forget we were watching. Um, is it something like the the Hulk or something? Yes, like that? Yeah. Avengers. And probably. um. I don't know why I was watching. It was like a Spider-Man thing, and I don't. I'm We're going all over the place. Now. Whatever, man. I don't know. <laughs> and so, and so, I'm sitting there watching this, which is very out of character for me. And Amanda, my wife, comes in and goes, "What are you? Oh my god!" And she starts roasting me. But there was a hint of a love story, and all of a sudden, I changed the channel. She goes, and, and she snapped at me. She said, "What are you doing?" Yeah, and I said, "Oh, they got you." That's yeah. it. They'll draw you oh. in to where like you're like, I don't even like this, but if I watch this long enough, like I gotta know how it ends. So there's yeah. the story. The story, I, I like again, as I don't think it's ever gonna go away. I just don't know that they'll be able to pull the big number. I don't well, know. I or think there will be, like I said, I think there's gonna be. We, I would call them tentpole franchises, right? There's always gonna be certain ones that that big 
big studios are going to have that will always draw money. Like, Star Wars will always make a billion dollars. Not yeah. always a billion. But, like, Star Wars is always going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. That's just going to happen. I think it might right? always make a billion dollars. Well, yeah. And, like, Marvel movies are always going to make money because people have invested in it and all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah. That, that's what I mean. And, like, you can make those forever and people will always <clears throat> be interested in that. Or something similar to it. Right? right, I think it'll be that for a long, like for the next generation. But I mean, who knows? Maybe in thirty years, it's something. Well, else. and I, I think know, that's because those aren't just films. There, right. there is a culture surrounding. Right. Exactly. That. I think that's so. Your blockbuster ones are going to have, yeah. To your point, Kyle, it's going to be something that exists not just in the theater but outside the theater as well. I mean, Disney's making a Star Wars land that's not going away. Right. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. Yes. So, it, so it's, it, well, I think Disney's also caught on to the fact that. Like there is a lot of good indie talent out there. So look at like James Gunn. Right. They recruit him from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Taika Waititi. Right. Um, Kenneth Branagh. You know his run on Thor was not too awesome, but like still he was the the first time they dipped into the indie pool to get a. Right. Uh, yeah, and so I think you'll find. Uh, and so in terms of your question, like who has who where's storytelling going? I think I think storytelling kind of has always existed and will continue to exist in the indie film part of it because. Well, is it is it, thing, is it what is, is the audience want? The what about, are the masses the want? Is Marvel, that what you're asking? Yeah. Well, the thing about Marvel and, and, and Star Wars is the stories aren't necessarily original. They're also not supposed to be, right? There. I mean, the original Star Wars, George Lucas's one was like, was literally the hero's journey plotline in space. Like that's what right, that was, right. right? So it's not an original, and it's not meaning it's bad. It's just the point isn't the story. The point is the spectacle. Those films are always about spectacle and. Mm. It's it's like so here's here's the, what I would say it's like it's like you asking will there, will people want to eat dessert or will they want to eat a fine, like a great meal right they're always going to want dessert people are always going to want sugar right that's what a marvel is it's candy right yeah and mm. people will always want to eat that that's never going away but are people's and to, to carry the analogy are people's palates getting more and more refined where they're only wanting that once or twice a year rather than every other week. Yeah. Well, because if you notice too, like with the Mar- Marvel and Star Wars, like those are the only films that uh, big studios are producing that are actually making money. So you have other like franchises, like what was it? The Resident Evil, Underworld, like those ones where back in the day you used to be able to just pump these movies out endlessly and they made money, but now people are getting tired of them. But is that because, is that because we finally have another option? E- e- yeah, yeah. Well, and Something I think like Netflix, the. Is that what you're thinking? Or, or no, just like the indie. The indie like people even going like, oh, I'm gonna go make an indie film. I don't care about that because I can do this over here. Yeah. And there's a culture around that, and there's an audience, and I think that's what I guess I, I did. Just, my question was: Is do, are you guys asking what are the what are the masses going to want in ten years and five years? Is that part of the question? Like as yeah. to like yeah. what like yeah. are yeah. people's palates being refined? Which is or, wait, are we saying that or we are getting into indie films or? The story, the narrative, right. the originality, the authenticity. Or is, or is all that stuff going, even blockbusters, which is a weird thing to think about, it, or is it really all just going to the streaming services? Yeah. Because right? you that, were talking about, I think on our last episode, you were talking about Bright, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was supposed to be like a huge event movie, you know, and it was on Netflix, yeah. right? So it's it's not, that's now, I mean, it's who, a Will who, Smith movie. Yes, right? That's, right. He right. made $100 million for have like you, five yeah. years in a row. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's but the, so good. But the so, purpose of it was to release it in that. Yeah, so, that, so it's right, and so that's a big question too. Is and so not only indie films, but are like streaming services Taking doing over. the same thing? Well, because right. they're going. Right. They're yeah. going they're all, uh, what's the real question? How much money can we make here? What's the easiest way to make money? 
Mm-hmm. Well, and then Netflix really? isn't concerned about yeah, yeah. Netflix isn't concerned about box office numbers. They're concerned no. about subscription Subscri- service. Yeah. Exactly. So but as these long guys as they have go, the same amount, they don't care. But or, yeah, or. so these guys go, are people more likely to get up and go out? Mm-hmm. Or are they only gonna do it on Christmas Day when they have nothing to do? Right. Yeah. And like those like and those like Netflix originals used to not be that big of a thing. You'd be like, Oh, it's kind of like a like low budget if like Netflix itself. But now terrible. like Netflix originals, Hulu originals, Amazon originals have established themselves right. like these are actual like like they've films won, like and they've studios won awards and they've like oh, right, yeah. that are like that are like they're legitimate like they're making legitimate films now. Yeah, like Manchester by the Sea. Like that was an Amazon original was film. It really? Didn't didn't, it, didn't cost that much money to make and it ended up winning a whole bunch or getting a, at least a lot of nominations for things. That was with, uh, that was with uh, Casey, Casey Affleck. Affleck. I know Trav has a soft spot in his heart for Casey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come o- on, man. Ocean's Google Eleven. Hunting? Ocean's Eleven, man. Yeah. He's go go hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have my bird? Um, <laughs> that, that was an indie film, right? Speaking of the oceans, sorry, this is an aside. Have you seen the trailer for Ocean's Eight? I did. I. It, it, this has nothing to do with the fact that it's all, an all female cast, but I'm just not interested because I got burnt out after after uh, Ocean's, Ocean's Thirteen. 13 yeah. Over the I was just over concept, it. Yeah. Wait, there's I, a new Oceans. No, with all with all women. You're going to say with all white people. Yeah. Well, it's actually not. But yeah. Almost. But yeah. I think I think she plays like his Danny Ocean's sister. I think that's that's and she's Fall running her clever. running her probably. No, I don't. Um, no, but and I, and to your point, I, I can see what you're saying, Josh. But I just that was an aside. Josh, thank you because 13 should be excommunicated from the world. <laughs> uh-huh. I the thought worst. I thought 13 was better than 12. Oh no! no see, no. no. Wait, what was 12? Sorry. 12, I mean, 12 was in oh, Paris. No, that one was good. That yeah. was hot. I'm assuming that if you oh, like Ocean's yeah. 13, you also liked Spider-Man 3. <laughs> no, no. I was, thinking, I was thinking of the reverse. I was thinking that, that 13 was the Europe one, and the Europe one Got is it. always underrated. I think people Me too. bash it more than... Me too. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite food is Cheeto fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the, the aftermath dust <laughs> left on your fingers. Yeah. I'm only eating to get to the fingers. Or bugle fingers. Come on. All right, so 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 I think close to home? you know what I started thinking about when you said streaming. It's almost like this is this is interesting with culture in general. It's like everything's streaming. Yeah, food. You have all of these. Um, I mean, like no, you no, don't streaming. have to leave the house. Like streaming, right. <laughs> streaming food. So, 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 it's just like so, it's just like some IV. Like this is how my mind works. Like, so right. Online, fucking just. Ah, so, that's very interesting. So you're saying that maybe part of the blockbuster uh, demise <coughs> is the cultural, co- the culture yeah. of convenience. Well, the cultural, yeah, it's the mm. shifting culture that says, you know, I live, I live in Long Beach, um, uh, and I always see guys on bikes now where you didn't see that a couple of years right. ago, and they're doing deliveries. Mm-hmm. Now it, it works because Long Beach, the area I live in, is very commuter friendly and all that good stuff. So they're not going, but. You have all the door, what was it like DoorDash, Postmate, right? All yeah, those I worked for both E24. Yeah. yeah, you dropped a few Taco Bells off. I worked for both of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you, so people are going, it's not the old, like, I'm yeah. gonna get uh, Domino's. This is like re- these, these, I don't know, what, uh, companies are popping up that yeah. is going, you not only don't have to get up and go out to see your movie, you can watch your movie and we'll bring you your food yeah. too. And right. then also, Amazon exists, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. So, I don't the, think I would, just this weird, Recording this early January, I don't think I went to a store this Christmas, this past Christmas season. That's the way to do it, man. I Amazon all of my guests. Yes. I, yeah, and so we're going, we're going. Hey, we no longer have to really step outside for toilet paper mm-hmm. or for a burger or for a movie. 
So I think this is almost <coughs> indicative of the whole cultural shift yeah. that it, is happening, and we're going, well, hey, let's let's go with it. Right. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of, and we were talking about this before we started recording. That there were a lot of movies, Kyle, that you and I wanted to go see, but like we just didn't. Like because it takes up a lot of my day. So like, not just the movie itself, but like going to here, the theater. Here's, like, here's the here's the, the here's pass, the interesting but, yeah. here's the interesting question here because you know and a lot of people too they say like oh like like you got to see it like cause when you say like, oh, yeah, I'll, see I'll, I'll, I'll wait for it to come out like you got to see it on the big screen. Do you think? That uh, that companies would possibly generate more revenue, say if like, because you know uh, you have like a smart TV that has like your apps and or like Apple TV things mm-hmm. like that. If like like Paramount or like Disney made an app to where like their movies just went straight to your TV, do you think more That's, people would watch? Disney's it? actually doing that. Disney's but like, but I mean like, all but stuff. I mean like to where like instead of movies going to the theaters, oh. if like they went to like you watch them direct on app, almost like right. how Netflix does. It. Right, and I well I, yeah, so I think a lot of these in, these these uh, studios are probably going to start doing that, starting their own streaming services, um, because to your point, everyone's like, oh, you have to see it on the big screen. Except TV technology now has is so good that like, right. I don't the think difference I don't between the projector in the movie theater. And the TV and the TV is not that different in terms of digital. So you see a lot of like Tarantino is now going. I mean, he's only making like what one more film or whatever. Star Trek, but he's right. <laughs> but he's doing like a lot of these. A lot of these really like quote prestigious directors are only directing in film. So you have to see it in theater for to get the original like. All right, so, so like they're going back to they're going back to actual film, not digital film. So here's and they can That's pull in, that off because of who they are. Right, exactly. But not here's yeah. but I think. Um, to Carl's app <coughs> question mm-hmm. is the thing that I think about now having a son is going but see like it's not about seeing the movie in the theater it's about seeing the movie in the theater like the experience the of experience. going to the well, yeah. well it's, it's like I mean it's like going to a, a baseball game right yeah, or it's well, like going to a it's the experience sport, right? it's but experience. I, so part of this cultural shift is you're losing out a little bit on the experience and that's why I think even with Postmates and DoorDash and all that stuff because you can pay the extra fee is well, I want the experience. I want the experience. So I'm going to keep going out to restaurants, and but it is interesting, right? And so there's the competition, and there is the. Yeah. Do we see the slow progression of that fading out? Is the question, or do these become irrelevant? I don't. I don't think they do because we're experience driven. Right. There is an experience on your couch, and I, I like that experience. Right. But there's something. It's the nostalgia. It's the. It's the. Let's go to the movie theater. Do you think it will still be movies though, or do you think it will be things that only can be experienced live? Like I've noticed that in the last probably five years, maybe more, and it's not. And maybe it's been more like this. It's been like this more, but I feel like there have been. There's been an explosion of people I know going to multiple concerts a year. Right, music concerts. Right, I didn't. I didn't have. You know, I know people have done that for a long time, but I feel like it's more part of the culture where people will go, will drop hundreds of dollars on a on a concert ticket that, like, ten years ago they never would have done that because they could listen to the album. But now that they've lost the the quote the live experience that concerts because concerts can never really translate to all right. So streaming. All right. As so well here's as, what, so here's that's what, my question. Here's what's interesting about that as we it's kind of we're good though is I actually for the last 15 years I was one of those people that would spend a significant amount of money to see my and I've seen so many I've seen so many um, 
I've seen Stevie Wonder to right. the Chili Peppers to uh, Damien Rice to P- uh, George Clinton, the P-Funk All-Stars to <laughs> Kanye three times. I'm a concert junkie. Right. So I would do that. What I've realized is I th- where I thought you were going to go with this was live performances uh-huh. is I feel like on a broader scale because of plays like Hamilton right. that those things are resurrecting a little bit to the, right. to the masses. But what I've also seen is the culture or access to these types of things like concerts are being pushed down to a young the same thing with fashion okay right. the, the the old 11 year old in us mm-hmm. yes there was the few kids but most of us didn't have a sense of and because of the access to the world that right. we have we continue to be able to so i'm seeing 14 and 15 year old kids right. go to these like where i thought i thought that was like an adult thing right and now you have these country con- kids going to all these like festivals and i'm like uh, working with teenagers you go dang like we didn't do that when we were well, 15 I've also noticed the, the explosion of festivals like those there mm-hmm. were like maybe a handful the EDM stuff there yeah, was like, yeah, the there, EDM, was like yeah. there were I mean it was like a CD culture was, well not like that but the, like each each scene had their one festival so there was like Warp Tour there <laughs> yeah. was Kuch- like each one had one but Rest now each peace, scene each music scene has like multiple festivals yes right? and Constant, so like, yeah. so like I, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is is there's since the movie is no longer like the live experience you go to anymore because it's you can get the same experience at home yeah um, I'm, that's my question because the other thing I just read Broadway had a record year this year well that's a good and point so, you bring so up. like live yeah. performance because you can't replicate like you could film you could film Hamilton like just the Broadway performance, but yeah. it's not the same. So oh, yeah, I don't want to see what, that. Ab- yeah. what about in the case of like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child? That's taking books and movies and translating it into right. Broadway. So it's kind of going the the other way that it, things have typically done. Like typically, it's taken Broadway gone to <coughs> you've taken Broadway gone to movie, but now you're going kind of the other way because people want to. And so that's my cause Travis. To your point, people, we still are experience driven. Like we still want. Those yeah, and so I think I, I'm wondering, and you see things. It's like fashion. A, a lot of there's – it's cyclical to a degree or they'll take something from the 30s and all of a sudden right, there's this huge like um, – <laughs> the way people are wearing their denim mm. and, and dressing in certain community fashion world is like you're like, man, you guys look like you're from the 30s, yeah. the Depression era. And it's like, wow, that's a cool look because it's always been a cool look. Um, but again, they're bringing that back. And I think at one point we kind of go, What's, what else can you do? But how, how live performance has been around right. since forever. Right. And so it's Literally obviously... the oldest form of entertainment. Yeah. And, and so you're going, oh, like, <clears throat> we forgot that we would still enjoy this right. because all of a sudden the movie screen is, whoa, this is, this is incredible. And, and I wonder if it's also that, that we are surrounded by screens far more often now. So, we, so, we, so the movie is less novel. Yeah. Right? That's a great point. So, right, like, we right. don't need a screen. Like, I literally have... Two screens on right now. I've got an iPhone and a watch, right? Okay. That have like that are digital screen, like yes. stuff like that. Um, you know, fifty years ago, there was one screen in town. Literally, it was like you had one theater, and that was the screen. Yeah, my grandpa watched. Or you had a backboard screen. My grandpa watched. Uh, he was poor, so he watched boxing matches in Sears window. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I mean, so that was out like, of poverty, but it was like kind of like. But like, so the, you know, fifty years ago, the, the the movie theater and the TV was so. It was wow. It was yeah, like it, it was, was a new thing. Not everybody had it, you know. But now it's like I literally can watch a movie on my phone. That's probably the, the resolution is just as good as the, my local theater. 
So why would I why would I leave where I am it's and convenient. go there? Right. It's convenience. Right. right. So it has so to like, be it has to be this experience. It has to be something that I cannot do. Well now, yeah, and now like I think even going to the movie theater, I expect um, I expect recliners. Yeah. And I expect, you know, I, I love... Women. And why are they even doing that now? It's not this special theater it, it, five it, years it, ago. It's, yeah, it's not because, everywhere. But it's because uh, I think as soon as one theater started doing it and making it accessible, everybody right. everybody went, why, why wouldn't I go there then? Right. And so then everybody started doing it. And so now, like... When I when I go to a theater and it's not that way, I'm like, like yeah, it's like I'm sitting in coach. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what's funny? It's like what I'll never twenty years ago. Yeah. Twenty years ago, even fifteen years ago, the height of like you are wealthy is you had a movie theater in your home. And now all of these multi million dollar theaters are being re- renovated to bring your home to the theater. Yes. Like, you literally you need a couch. You need, you know... Beers. <laughs> if they put yeah. a couch in a fridge... I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if the theater yeah, right. came out tomorrow and there was like... You could reserve your seat. It's a couch and it had a fridge right next to it. Would Why? anybody go to any other theater? No. Right. No. 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 Right. Well, so that's what I'm saying. So now, like, when I go to a yeah. theater, I expect recliners. I expect there to, like, be a bar. And I, ex- and, and I also expect it to be, like, not that expensive. Which, go, which says this is, look at what they're doing. What it, it, it goes, it's about the experience more uh-huh. than even I have to see it on the big right. screen. That's, that's exactly. interesting because Chris Nolan, uh, director of the Batman trilogy and Inception and Dunkirk, uh, he said that there are some – he was uh, kind of poking at the Netflix model film saying that there are – Movies like that are meant to be experienced on the big screen, but on the opposite side of that spectrum, there are movies that aren't like that can be just as good when not experienced on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I even I. It's funny. I have these things. I, I want to see that in the theater because I think there's something exciting about going right. that I'm not even acknowledging because I don't think I really need to see it on the. Right, I think, I think it's you know I think I mean? it's literally like oh, I just haven't been in a movie theater in a while. Yeah, right. Like, right. I, like, I, think, I should yeah. go. I haven't yeah. been in one. I think it's part I, of being human. Yeah. I think it is like almost like sing like the singular genre that when people say like you need to see that in the big screen is action, like yeah. action, grand, Big, like yeah. adventures, Which, like like you know like right. your Star Wars, your Lord of the Rings, you're like. You know, like your Indiana Jones, like all, so where like where like Keith is not like you're not like watching the big sick and going, oh, man, I'm so actually, glad I saw that on my screen. So, so glad I saw that in IMAX. I needed to see a Camille Nanjiani at 20 feet tall. Yeah, like right. I just like, needed like, that. When, like, there's no, there's no, they're never showing a rom com in the IMAX 3D. No, no, and <laughs> like, I think so. That's to what I was saying earlier. I think that's why you'll still see those films, mm-hmm. but you'll only see those films as right. blockbusters, right? Right. You're not gonna see. Like the, the 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 movie of the the era of like the prestige Oscar movie release in theater, I think is probably gone. We probably don't need to see like, um, I mean, go if you go back, I don't know how long. It might have been five years. Like there will be blood, mm-hmm. right? You probably don't need to see that in the on theater. You can see that in your house yeah. easily, and it's the same movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, and same experience. Captain America: Civil yeah. War is not the same on my home screen as right. movie. Right, right. It's, 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 not, it's that, still good, but it's just not the same. Yeah. Movies that aren't driven by like flying and explosions can yeah. probably just be watched at home. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. Those films, and, and back to your original question, those films are never about plot. They're always about spectacle. Mm-hmm. Yes. So spectacle will always be something you see in the theater. That will always be something you always you it's want a part to see. Of theater. Right. It's, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's literally why theaters exist. It's a spectacle. Yeah. And I even to big sold out comedy shows, mm-hmm. you have these, and then they're being released 
on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, Kyle, you recently saw uh, Brian Regan, right? Yeah, a lot of <coughs> in live, and and that's always something like ah, that'd be cool to go. You know, see these right. guys are selling out a big. Right. Like I can and, yeah, listen to you, and but... that's the only time I feel like oh, I missed it. Like I don't necessarily like as soon as one of the movies like oh I wanted to see that movie in theater and if it's out of theater I'm like I didn't miss it I'll yeah. catch it later yeah but like when someone like Brian Regan comes through it's like ah that's that's what I mean like concerts the comedy well, shows so I so I went to like, oh, I missed it I went to I went to New York over the summer and saw Roger Federer play tennis I know we're not we we're talking about movies but yeah. to the point of the the movie experience was for me is. I, I love going to Laker games. I, I'm a sports junkie, but to watch Roger live, mm-hmm. even though I could have, I could have watched it in my, in my home on TV, whatever. I'm like, man, this is this is so walking right. up to there's Arthur a, Ashe. There's like a ritual. There's to an it. energy behind. Right. There's a ritual behind. There's a this is is a different experience. And so it was kind of like, yeah, I I want to go. I need almost like I need to see this if I can. <laughs> While I'm yeah. here, like, who doesn't yeah. want to go to a Game 7 or the Super Bowl? Well, and that's, I think that's what I'm realizing, that what I just, like, that's why every once in a while I want to go to the movie theater, because there's a ritual to it. Yeah. You get in line, that's, even why in some way it's weird, but, like, this new, like, being able to buy tickets online. And reserve seating. And it's like, and that's great, I love it, because, like, then I know yeah. I get the seat I want, but, like, I miss, like, standing in line, because when we were oh, kids, I you had to not, stand I do in, not miss that. No, but, <laughs> think about this, I'm talking about this, like, think about when you were a kid. And you like had all of your group like, oh, okay, we're gonna meet in front of the theater. And you're standing in line. You're talking to your friends as you're buying the tickets. You go up, like you buy the ticket. You go, you know what I mean? Like there's Figuring this ritual to how to sit next to the girl you like. Right? Yeah. There's like this <laughs> ritual to it that I think that that's that's probably more what I miss. What was the, the what was the old uh, what was the old um, store warehouse music warehouse book? music? Yeah, no, when you stand yeah, in line, I, you stand in line for tickets. Oh, or oh, to oh buy yes. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, no, that was a, I always did that at Tower, Tower Records. Tower Records, like, yeah, yeah. You're right, yeah. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden you were the first in line. They said, we're going to pick numbers, and then all of a sudden you're in the back. Right. Have you ever seen this thing what? happen? But like that experience, there's right. something. But there's... when you really go back to the experience, you hated it. Right. But so going to the movie theaters is always a great <laughs> right. experience. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And so it's like I don't miss standing in line, but I miss that experience of like being with my friends. The nostalgia. Of um, like walking up and like um, – yeah, and the, like, remember the first time you went to the movie theater on your own without your parents? Yeah, right. And it's not that to say like, so I, I think them, that's I was... what I miss. I think that's what people miss, and that's why they still go to the theater. I think that so, but when they, I don't need to be part of that experience and go see again, go see a small indie film. Like, I, if I'm gonna just take the time, I want to yeah. do like I want to do it big, and that's the block. That's yeah, the things like. See, do you think that these experiences are being limited by like you were talking about sporting events? Like, do you think they're being limited by maybe distance and uh, cost? I no to because s- um, oh, you, certain people. I mean, I you mean like I'm not gonna go because it's fourteen dollars now. Yeah, well, something like that. But even like with like me, like I, you know, I love going to hockey games. But now it's reached the point where like a ticket to a it? Kings game is like forty dollars, and then you go pay another thirty for parking. So why am Hot I? Dogs are expensive. Yeah, you yeah, to, yeah. You also have to drive up to this. Yeah, you also center. have to drive up to the. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At one point, so. at one point, it's you go to get tickets that are like decent, unless you're one of those. But I, I think I, what I really do, I, what I think it comes back to is this. I mean, I think there's other things we can talk about, but I think what it comes back to is that we're so used to convenience mm-hmm. that if it's not easy, I don't want to, I don't want, 
I don't want to go up. Like it's it's inconvenient for me to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Right? Yeah. I, if there's something that I want to see, I will pay the money. I will drive up there. I will find the parking. But like, eh, I so, don't do it. so so it's a convenience thing. I think so. That like gives me anxiety sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. Laker game. So Laker game is it's not worth it if I'm up and there's a railing in front of me that I can if I fail I die. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't sound. Those guys who are up there, those guys who are up there, I don't know what's going on in their head. But they have decided that I'm a real fan. I go, that's weird right. that well, you like uh, that you have attached your identity to. I'm a real fan, so <laughs> I'm willing to drive to LA through the traffic when someone gives me dope seats that like yeah. I see Mayweather on the side of the court. You know, I get like I, your your NBA players are walking by you. Yes, I want to go there, or I'd rather spend the money and do that for the experience, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because like the Kings game, like a hockey game's good from up top almost. Yeah, because yeah. because you have this this different view, but and so you get lucky on that way. Your tickets are cheaper, but this kind of gap between. I don't think people. What I realize is people don't care how much things cost hmm. when they yeah. want, they don't care. It comes down to if they want it bad. Right, yeah. exactly. That's why Hamilton sold out all the time. It's <laughs> not a cheap experience. It's a, it's an expensive experience, and and so that's yeah, and that's what I mean. I think if the con- the experience outweighs the convenience, the convenience or anything else that's in my way of it, right? Yeah, we always um, count the cost. But but to your point, Travis, the culture is increasingly telling me that convenience is more important. So it's like it's increasingly harder for the event to overcome my genuine disinterest in it, talking to people. So one um, of the <laughs> one, well, one, and one of the things I think when you when you talk about what's what's happening in the shift from indie film is you tend to you, you tend to look at indie films as films that are going to strike a chord with you versus uh, like Keith saying like I, I got to see big Marvel movies or Star Wars in the, because right. it's a spectacle. Right. And yeah. so you, you take Goodwill Hunting or you take uh, Manchester by the Sea or whatever movies like that is I don't need you almost want a cozier feel. Right. Right. And silver lining playbook kind of I'm movies like put on my good socks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, babe, can I use your blanket? <laughs> you know, and so you kinda of want to sit and it's gonna make you think. Right. It's gonna make you you ponder life. And I think in our culture and our society, one of the things that would create a shift towards that where people are wanting is because we live in such a fake right kind of image written and I think people are desperate whether they know it or not is for the buzzword authenticity mm-hmm. and so those 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 films evoke in you and they, they make you right because they feel authentic yeah they make you think things you rather you, you're not going to think watching Batman like I anytime I see like a war action movie <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna enlist, you know, right. <laughs> you, you, and and because it's a big spectacle, really. There's not like a moving. There's not. It's like you know, you you find yourself. I, I text you. What I I text Kyle last night and I said, why do TV shows make you think this is important? <laughs> That's yeah, it, you said like, film. like this is like like this is really happening right now. Y- yeah, and I was I like, think, I'm, I'm watching New Girl. <laughs> <laughs> and so so there's. You know, I, I actually I call it like uh, uh, with fi- with film or with music, I, mm-hmm. more so musical therapy. So I I like I like the indie films because I, I like to, and but I also like Star Wars and stuff like that because it doesn't not make you think. But the bigger right, the grandiose. Well, the, you know what I thought about as I was walking out of Star Wars, 
Why do I still not have a lightsaber? Yeah. <laughs> it's important. 30 yeah, years. Important. How has the science not been developed yet? Yeah. You um, can no, put a man on the moon. But to your point, <laughs> but to your point Travis, sword. to your point though, like there's something about – like, okay, so I, I don't want to go have – again, I'm going to use the meal analogy. Yeah. I don't want to go have a really nice meal shoulder to shoulder with someone else. Like yeah. I don't want to be squeezed in there, just jammed into it. That's a cafeteria, and yeah. I want crappy food, right? Well, That's what I want. Or like, I want. So, but if I want, I want an experience of the meal. I want to go to a nice restaurant where there's only a few tables, and it's like intimate, or at home, right? So to your point, like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna savor something, I don't want to do it in a crowd because there's nothing worse than that. So 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 if 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 I'm gonna take out, if I'm gonna take out, right, right, right. You're, I I don't want to get. Mastro's takeout. Right. I don't get Fleming's no. Nick's on second takeout. Exactly. Like a nice yeah. restaurant. I go, nah, man, Jack in a Box is around the corner. That yeah. seems like, or or it has to be a pizza. Like something <laughs> that is is going yeah, to exactly. be. No one's, because I'm going to be comparing the whole, it has to be just as good there as it is here yeah, kind of deal. Right. What can I bring home? And so you have that, that's a no one's No one's post-mating Ruth's Chris. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not happening. Yeah, no. And, and to your point, Maybe those restaurants that are like Domino's, if you notice, like Domino's, there's the, the, the neighborhood pizza place is again going like the way of the Buffalo, right? It's just, they're not, they're, there used to be three right, right by my house where we walk and there was like arcades, you spend a lot yeah. of time in there, but there's not because people want to eat at home. But Maestro's, Roots Chris, like these fine restaurants, they're always going to be there because people want to go to them. Right, so yeah. that's the that's sort of I know it's a little bit flipped, but the idea is like there's certain things weird, that, there's certain things yeah, that people will always I'm, want to do. I'm a little right. lost now. It, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it's like it's like the, the, mass- film, the film the film going and seeing certain films going there is like I want I I, I, I want to go have my meal there. Right. Uh-huh. I don't. So so you're always gonna want to go have your meal there. Mm. Like I'd rather have it there. I want to take it home with me. Mm. Right. So I want to go see Star Wars in the theater because yeah. there's something it's, it's there. Right. So it, I was tempted to do like a. I get what you're saying, but why don't you explain to the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> I am tracking, but I don't think our listeners. Yeah. Are. So do you think we're we're coming back around on the idea that there is still for both? There's a demand for <clears throat> original, well thought out mm-hmm. video and and blockbuster, but there's a time and a place. For both, I think so. I think what we're seeing is that maybe to Spielberg's point, the indie film is going to have more power in a way that's different from before. Like blockbusters are, I, I still agree with him on some of It's like we're not getting, we're not going to have a blockbuster a week in the summer like we did ten years ago, right? I think that's done because people. There's also a fatigue with it, right? There's only so many times I can go see a building blow up. Um, <laughs> It's not new anymore. A year, right? It's not, it's a year. Not new I, anymore, I just don't. And, and the other thing is, I, to Kyle's point earlier, there's got to be something else to it that I'm invested in. Like, I grew up with Star Wars. I'm always going to go see a Star Wars movie because there's something more to it than just the film, right? Marvel, like, my brother and I grew up, not always, like, we read comics somewhat. I mean, I wasn't as much into it as others, but, like, we would play video games that had those characters. Like, we're invested in certain characters in there and all that. Um, but just some random disaster movie, I don't care. Mm hmm. I, yeah. I can go. I can go rewatch Independence Day, and that's fine. Yeah. Right. Or Terminator. Or Terminator. Yeah. Or like, I, so like those sorts of things. I'm. I. I think that's what it's coming down to. Is like, the the work that a, a studio has to do to get me to the theater. I think is going to become increasingly not worth it for the budget that they're going to have to put behind it. Well, if you're going to have to spend two hundred million dollars to to maybe get me to the theater, as a studio executive, I'm going to stop doing that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But if you're going to do something like, I can make a Star Wars movie and I can guarantee that I'm going to make a billion dollars, for sure I'm going to greenlight that film. Like yeah. that's, that's going to happen every time. Well, even how, like, um, how, we, how we get music today. You know, how, yeah. we, how, yeah. we, how we experience, more so through which, through which, you know, uh, forms of stream, you know, like... Right. Like the, the album release. My brother, well, so... Day my, is not as big as it used yeah, to be. Yeah. My uh, brother and sister, they just went and saw Jay-Z's 444 tour. Mm. And he said, and he's, we, we were at concert junkies, and he still is, I just don't get to go to as many, but he said, best concert I've ever been to. And he said, it was just him on a stage. It was like raw, uncut. I mean, he had his whole band and I all that stuff. you talked about this last episode. But there's... Not two episodes ago. Well, I'm talking about it again. <laughs> um, is, is that there was no like smoke and mirrors. There was no mm-hmm. anyone swinging from the rafters. It was just... And right. I think there's a part of that and maybe it's just because of where he's at in his career and who he is as a human being. And a man, Jay-Z's performance, everything was coming out in it. But it was like, there was nothing distracting. And right. it was almost like, what I heard from both of them was like, I needed that. Right. <laughs> like I needed that that type of experience, not like like smoke coming, you know, and right. and weird lights. And there was lighting, and there's but it was just him. There's no special guest. It was just him. And I think right. I think that indie shift or whatever is, and because it's becoming more popular, it's I, becoming more. It, everyone knows. Like have you have you guys seen the movie once? No. Yes. Yeah, it was shot in 17 days in Ireland, like and five thousand dollars. Yeah, like and it is a fantastic film. Uh, it's it is movie. such a good it's film. Devastating too. It's like, brutal. It's heartbreaking. But, and so I love that because I go, yeah. well, that's telling. That's actually helping yeah. me feel life. So here's my other question: I think People want to feel yeah. life today. Like, yeah. I don't want to. Like, but, like Toy Story three. Like Toy Story three, Kyle. Have you guys seen Toy Story three? Yeah. yeah. So, but here's my question. Here's my other. I think this is sort of even coming back to to that to sort of combining Travis and Kyle's point, like. And Josh, what do you think about this? Is that do we think filmmaking as a whole is getting a little bit more thoughtful? Because even the blockbusters that I've seen in the last five years, like two years maybe, have been just a little bit more either clever or thoughtful. They're not just like the storyline isn't, I'm not saying it's great, but it, it includes elements that you wouldn't have seen in a 90s blockbuster, right? Schwarzenegger is not nuanced, right? Like so, but I'm just saying, like those movies are not nuanced. Whereas uh, some of the ones that I've seen recently are a little, they're a little bit more thoughtful and ask questions, even in in the most basic way that blockbusters didn't before. So I mean, as a whole, are we shifting towards more thoughtful storytelling, even in the blockbuster? I think so, because like even now in in society, like we're reaching a point, we've reached a point where people are not afraid to explore their emotions anymore. Right. So, and I think that's translating into different mediums of storytelling, right. including music and yeah. uh, film, books, yeah. things like that. I'm using those as kind of like right. a looking at culture in general and why is this happening right. in the film industry, right? Right. And so, so you'd say like the even like we're now at a point where, where maybe it didn't used to have as much of a voice, like like films with agendas exist more relevant in like pop culture nowadays yeah I think so and I like so to, to your to Travis about the Jay-Z concert like that's a thoughtful artistic presentation of Jay-Z yeah ten years ago it's like well how many explosions can we put in the show you yeah. know what I mean like, how many guys are be on stage right going? and it's just like call that, Michael Bay <laughs> right exactly <laughs> 
and that's even something like again, someone like that, someone like Michael Bay has fallen out of favor because he made spectacle movies, which he did a good job at that, but his movies didn't have the thought behind it that I think people started to want. Yeah, you know what I mean, I um, always. But however, so there's always going to be shifts, right? And 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 to your guys's point, those things aren't going to go away no. because, and I go back to music is. I do like driving. I like driving to things that make me think. But every once in a while, I go to Power One Hundred Six <laughs> because almost like I need some. I need some uh, like, and I like to study music. So right. there's a, and culture and what's happening. I'm like, man, I don't understand what they're saying. Mumble rap, right? Right. But there's like this good thing going on there. But I just go. I think we always need a little bit of slapstick or right. something to offset yeah, broad, broad comedy broad appeal we always need broad appeal right right yeah, and I it, it speaks to the masses though too because most people aren't listening to um, <clears throat> uh, what is it classical music while they drive they just don't like the, the masses are gonna listen to Kiss FM Ryan's right. Roses and, and you're like <laughs> well that's why they've made like 13 <laughs> Fast and Furious because yeah. there's a group of people that are like that's just what I want to watch. They love and and, and, it, and you know what it does? It doesn't evoke thought. No, it doesn't evoke emotion mm-hmm. except for when one of the characters right. dies. You well, know? And, there's some, like, and there's just and not even on screen, only in real life. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to like. Yeah, just for the months. Yeah. I'm just yeah. being honest. No, like, yeah, just, I mean, that's what I was actually saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, they're not watching it to like see no. like the relationship between Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. They're watching it because they want to see like souped up cars and strippers. Like if we're yeah, they just no, want to yeah, see something impossible. They want to see a car drive through a building, which happened. I didn't see it, but I saw it in the commercial. Yeah. No, but seriously, but that's true. Like, there's always this sense of, and, and honestly, um, so, so I'm gonna make a weird connection here. So the 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 um, shoot, the Hunger Games series was about yeah. that this idea of. So there's this danger. There's a somewhat danger. It's, it goes back to the Roman um, uh, Pax, a uh, not Pax Romana. It was something like it was basically one of the emperors said. To basically to placate the masses, we're going to give them a circus and bread, right? Um, Pan Am, something in Pan Am, right? And that sort of Pan Am, the the the, the continent, whatever it is, the, the world of um, Hunger Games was basically based on that saying, like that the Hunger Games is predicated on this idea that entertainment will always sort of sort of quash the critical thought of the masses, right? Yep. And the more spectacle it is, the more. Um, the what more control the, the more them. control you have over them. So the fact that we have less of that now, I think, means that we have a slightly more engaged populace, at least on some level. Is that would you guys think about? I, would you guys I, think that's true on some like a, some part of our of our culture is or a little bit a more engaged, pseudo engaged, or trying to? Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No, it's a good point. You know, is so, is and I think you can you can say with all its downfalls is social media, I think, because they're pseudo platforms right. and they're, people want to, people don't really want to engage in, you know, they, they want to, but they're confused. They don't know how, or they, not, they don't know how it's, they just, they think that clicking, posting, reposting, talking about the end it movement on Instagram is, is, um, is, gonna be the change and that's right. just a piece of the puzzle to bring awareness but then you gotta do something it was like the the Coney 20 
Coming oh, 2012, it was like they did this experiment and the, they, they passed all these. No one went out and littered the streets with all that um, propaganda right. stuff. Or I didn't call it propaganda. I don't know. Is that what you would call it? But it's basically nobody did it. I put but, up like 10. You put, <laughs> yet, yet I'm sitting with the guy who did it. But, I, did, I did, but I only. Also, but it was guy, like, go out and just do it all over the city. Also, the like, guy in the obey support uh, support obey propaganda hat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Is people see this hat and they're like, they think it's like a really patriotic hat. Oh yeah, because yeah, that's a, yeah. Well, that's, that's our that's, but again, that's for that, time. That's our <laughs> another. That's our next topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah there we but go. So, but so you kind of. I, I think I think culture or society as a whole. Yeah, there is a. De- I think there's a desire. I think a, I would say maybe that's the key. I, desire I think there is. Me. Yeah, even with the Coney 2012 things, I think I, it just takes it, it. It takes such a unique individual to mm-hmm. not be controlled by kind of what what right. is uh, for the masses, and right. they, they're like, "We well, yeah, so, have but football's on." Right. So I'm not going to go actually try and help so, uh, and human trafficking. And yeah, and I, and I <laughs> honestly, know. I think a lot of what's happened in the last year and a half has really increased <clears throat> the amount of engagement. So I'm interested to see what movies look like in the next five years. To see where it goes, yeah. Before the next sort of shift in, in sort of cultural and politics happens again. Um, just to see, because there's an, always an interesting, because art in that sense is almost always responsive rather than proactive. Yeah, I, and it's yeah. not always, but there's there's usually a good swath of art that is that is responsive to something yeah. rather than proactive against them. Like, it, it so it, it I think it's, that's partly why maybe we might start seeing in the next few years less but that spectacle driven and more a, sh- a, a shift, right? Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, and, and more maybe see less spectacle driven and more like um, introspection driven movies and art or something like and yeah. music and stuff like that. Try so to we'll move, see. try to move. Yeah, or 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 we'll go yeah, the other yeah. way, or we'll go the other way, and that people are so like. So we'll overwhelmed backwards. by the sadness that they're going to want spectacle more. So that, that's, I think we're going to kind of exactly. go one way. That's or the a good other. point. Yeah. All right. I just yeah. I'm just really concerned for Josh because this, this really this means a lot to you, man. It does it does, <laughs> it does. But thanks. This is like therapy for me, guys. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we started with Star Wars and ended with Coney 2012. <laughs> this, we we went on a journey. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's why we do this. As always, you guys can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Podcast.com, uh, Google Play, Stitcher. Do you guys have, we have a, our Twitter is what? Yeah, our Twitter is at WAT underscore podcast um, and follow us on Facebook. And I think we're going to, I think we should probably start posting our next um, topics and ask for questions so we can start answering those. I like it. Send us for an however email. many yeah. four followers we have. Um, but yeah, I think they're important. We can start. We can start answering questions from you guys on, on the podcast because I think that'll be cool too. So yeah. All right. Cool, cool guys. guys.